You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me. Today we've got, it's not an emergency pod, but it is a newsy one. That's why you're hearing it on Wednesday. I am talking to NPR's David Falkenflik. He is one of my favorite Rupert Murdoch watchers. Talking, of course, about the $787.5 million payment Murdoch and his Fox News network just made to settle a defamation case. This is one of those stories where the outcome is what everyone said the outcome was going to be, yet it's still surprising. It's still newsworthy. It's very, very interesting. David is super smart. He will make you smarter, and it's free. But before we get to that, a brief ad from me. Tomorrow, Recode Media is launching a new series I'm really proud of. It's a three-episode series on the AI moment that has suddenly happened upon us. We should figure out a name for this thing. should do that really quick, huh? This is a really dizzying new world. I get paid to follow tech for a living, and between us, I got to confess, I've been having a hard time getting my head around it. So this is kind of a reporting project for me, and we're taping it. You get to listen. So I'm trying to figure out what's real, what's hype, what's possible, what's not, what, if anything, we should be doing about all of it. I'm talking to people who are all in on AI, like Microsoft CTO Kevin Scott, people who have real reservations about it, like technologist Gary Marcus. If you really want to get podcasts nerdy about it, I'm mixing up formats here. We're doing long-form interviews like we always do on Recode Media, so people have a chance to really air out what they want to say. And we're also doing some short narrative developments, which we don't normally do on this pod. This stuff is all aimed at people who I think are like me, people who are interested in tech and AI is new to them and they're trying to get smarter about it. So hopefully you will enjoy that because I'm thinking you are one of those people as well. Okay, that is a lot of words about a thing you cannot listen to yet, but it comes out on Thursday, so I hope you listen then. And now here's me and NPR's David Fulkenflick. I'm here with David Fulkenflick, who is hoping to be calling me from Wilmington, Delaware. Sadly, <laughs> he's back in Brooklyn. Welcome back, David. Fine. Thank you. Although I'm not in Brooklyn. I'm in the, uh, the uh, glady environs of uh, suburban New Jersey. I didn't think you could be a podcaster and not live in Brooklyn, but all right. I, let me just say this. Lineage, uh, my mom's a Brooklyn girl. She still thinks of the Dodgers from there, uh, but I've never lived in Brooklyn a day in my life. Okay. I still respect you. Here is my question for you about the yeah. Dominion Fox trial, which was supposed to start Monday and then supposed to start Tuesday and has not happened because it's settled. Can you pay a $787.5 million settlement and declare victory? That is, should Rupert Murdoch be happy that he got away with only paying less than a billion dollars to settle this case? I think that where he'll settle, uh, once he settles, will be relief. I think that, you know, Fox can say to itself, mathematically, we're $12.5 million below the halfway point to the $1.6 billion ask. And although I do not have reporting to prove it, I think that's pretty much how that figure was arrived at. They were like, 
just below that halfway point to, to Dominion's full ask. This is but Dominion, it, the voting machine company yes. that said they were defamed by Fox's lies at the 2020 election. Just to, I, anyone listening to this knows this, but just in case you want no, it. No, no, no. You're a smart man to do it. I'm, you know, I got to be honest. I've been uh, so swimming in this and so uh, deprived of sleep in recent days that, you know, Sometimes you have these little end loops that play and mm-hmm. they, they, they should be articulated. So let's let's make sure folks hear that. That's exactly right. This is serious stuff, both in terms of the the statements that a judge found to be false and defamatory against Dominion, and also to our greater understanding of what happened in that election. So Rupert looks at and, and the folks at Fox will look at this and say, this is a ton of money. It's an embarrassment. It is a front page headline in almost every significant paper in the country and many across the world. And it's inescapable. It's it's being covered on all of Fox's competitors mm-hmm. and peers. It's tough. And it won't be the end. You know, you're going to see related lawsuits. Smartmatic filed a lawsuit. It was similarly uh, slammed and slimed. You know, you're going to have shareholders file lawsuits. You know, the total bill for this could easily be well over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So this is a big, big deal. By the same token, they've shown in the past they're willing, when absolutely necessary, to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to make big scandals go away. And they have the money to do it. You know, while Fox has a lot of debt, they've got a lot of cash also. And Fox News throws off so much profit that this is possible for Fox in a way that it would not be for a lot of others. Right. So financially... And Wall Street gets stuff wrong all the time. They say one thing, and then a year later they decide, no, it's it's uh, black is, is white and up is down. But right now, they looked at the settlement this morning. The stock, 21st Century Fox's stock, was down a couple points. As we're talking now, it's basically where it was yesterday, i.e. investors looked at this and said, you paid $800 million. You're going to have to pay a lot more. It's embarrassing for you. We don't think, think this affects the value of your company at all. And then on top of that, Fox doesn't have to apologize, doesn't have to say anything on air, uh, is what Fox has been telling reporters like yourself. Their statement about this doesn't even remotely seem to admit any kind of wrongdoing. It says some things were wrong, not even things we said were wrong, just some things were wrong and we acknowledge that. That's, that's it. Certain claims about Dominion were false. Yes, as if someone else said them, yeah. Right, passive construction and Fox doesn't even brush up against the sentence. Is there any sign that Fox is going to change any of its programming, any of its behavior, any of the way it communicates about anything going forward or should we expect Fox to behave in 2023 and 2024, the next election, the same way it did in 2020? So I'd give you a couple part answer to that as is my... Uh, somewhat irritating way, but it's a podcast. That's why we have you here. No different, right? The first thing is I don't expect you to see any grand change in characters, at least not immediately, because I think they need to settle all these things first. You can't fire Maria Bartiromo while she's still going to be at the center of this Smartmatic suit. Because it opens you up. It opens you up. And I don't expect to see Suzanne Scott frog marched out immediately on the same terms. On the other hand, it's hard not to imagine that there would not be some sort of shakeup. You know, any chief executive at any other kind of network that just paid three quarters of a billion dollars, actually in excess of that, mm-hmm. over scandal with the prospect of more because of the failure to exercise adult supervision of people, even if they're pursuing ratings, would just lead to significant change in leadership. It just would. And it may well hear. But the most important leaders at 
Fox News are named Murdoch. And, they're and not they are anywhere. not changing themselves yeah. anytime soon if they can help it. I mean, Murdoch at the age of 92 is still weighing in. He's still, or at least he was, a, a, you know, a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. he was uh, looking at what was happening after the election. And in some ways, he's one of the few characters who, at least at moments, evince some journalistic instincts, you know, and say, shouldn't we be squaring with our listeners, mm-hmm. excuse me, our viewers here? But when presented with the fear of losing viewers, and or failing to bring them back, he went along for the ride. And he clearly, you know, this is going to be one of those matters that are at, at issue in the shareholder lawsuits. I think one of the things you talk about the price of uh, Fox Corp right now, Murdoch's properties, particularly when it was that joint umbrella news corp that included both the TV and the print side, yep. always traded at something of a Murdoch discount because you always knew he was going to pursue some passion project or s- do something that undermined the perfectly profitable elements. And it's part of his genius in terms of as a financial figure that he has built his empire to this level. And so people say, you know, we've made a lot of money off him over the years. But Mm -hmm. you think about something like the acquisition of the Wall Street Journal, you know, a great paper that he has not ruined. It is still a great paper. But he had to write off half of its value in less than a year, two point, you know, I think it was two and a half billion dollars or something. God, pretty, that takes me back. But yeah. Pretty immediately. You know, there are these things that he does. The hacking scandal was because the tabloids embodied the kind of buccaneering spirit that he wanted it to have. But it cost them hundreds of millions right. of dollars. And when it comes to the news properties in particular, right, he is very hands on. He is a news person. You can debate what kind of news person he is, but that's his bones. That's what he cares about. He loves gossip, loves power and uh, and just the 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 kick of news and and Fox News certainly delivers that as do his other papers. Yeah, I think that's true. But, you know, once you say that out loud, I'm reminded, you know, I did some reporting on uh, what was called uh, News America marketing outfit that was involved in this, the least glamorous thing it does, right? Which was supermarket coupons and discounts and emblems that were on sort of on the floors and logos. And they were involved in scandals that if you took them in the aggregate, the settlements were about $900 million. Uh, and there were hacking allegations there yes. and, and intimidation of opponent, opposing employees. And there was this other thing where there was this pass card that was developed as sort of before you had certain kinds of digital streaming technologies to authenticate users. People used to have to put this little swipe card into a box on top of your cable or satellite TV to be able to get a th- authorization to watch HBO or whatever you're doing streaming. And there were allegations there of certain kinds of hacking into competitors mm-hmm. and things. These are not news. These are more technology or the coupon business. But, you know, there's something intrinsic to the nature. And let's not be clear. Rupert Murdoch is the only, not the only uh, corporate leader who's ever se- overseen institutions that have engaged in brass knuckle tactics. But it does seem like a, a consistent theme in what we see under his properties. So just to underline my question. We have this sharp-edged guy. I mean, he's in his 90s now, um, was going to get married for the fifth time. But does it, you know, is there any reason to think that he or his son Lachlan, who's now the heir apparent uh, of that empire, are going to change the way Fox News, which now after they sold to Disney, remains by far really their most valuable, most important asset. They're going to change any way that that operation does business besides maybe moving some people around and out. Some of this we're just going to literally have to watch and see. And some of this, I think, is not carved fully in stone because, you know, it'll be subject to what they see play out. Here is my guess. 
you're probably about my age, so I'm imagining you saw the the movie Quiz Show, right? Once, which is a, yes. Which was about you know these scandals and the old uh, quiz shows in the 1950s, a real life scandal. And it involved a Columbia University professor of extraordinary erudition who would win these dazzling contests of uh, trivia and historical knowledge and the like. And it turned out they had been feeding him the answers. So the head of Geritol, this sort of vitamin supplement, uh, as played by Martin Scorsese, sits down at the end with this young idealistic investigator who's blown the cover off how the networks are lying to the public. And he says, kid, you thought that they were coming here to watch all these spectacular intellectual displays of erudition. They were just coming to watch people sweat. So fine, we won't give them the answers anymore. We'll just make the questions easier and people will still come and watch people sweat. And that's basically how we have things like Wheel of Fortune, right? Not too challenging. I'm with you. So Fox basically, instead of making incredibly concrete and explicit allegations of fact that turn out to be groundless and defamatory, could easily feed up the same kinds of grievances and culturally conservative uh, totems without being specific about people or private institutions that are You can serve up the same red meat and do the same sort of irresponsible fear mongering, just put in a couple of guardrails so it's harder to get this far into defamation. Make them less specific, Mm -hmm. you know, and make them just asking questions. And, you know, you have Tucker Carlson who amid all this stuff about those elections is still alleging that the January 6th uh, siege of the U.S. Capitol was somehow, A, not that bad, B, fed by Antifa, and C, orchestrated by the FBI. So earlier this year, a whole raft of documents came out during uh, depositions discovery where it was laid out very clearly that Rupert Murdoch, Tucker Carlson, management, on-air talent, in addition to the gossipy stuff like they hated Trump, you know, knew what they were doing. They knew they were 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 handing out lies, that they were being irresponsible. They continued anyway. And mainstream folks like yourself said this is a really big deal, you know, and it was because you never see this stuff spelled out like that. I mean, I think it's reasonable to assume that if you thought about Fox News, you pretty much knew what was going on. But it was pretty embarrassing. That's already out. We get to the eve of the trial and Fox settles. And one of the rationales I've read about why they settled right before they were supposed to have jury selection was, well, there'd be embarrassing stuff that would come out. What could possibly be more embarrassing for them um, that would have come out in trial that hadn't come out already? And, And why would shame really be a factor here Anyway, they have this great business that's for them that's premised on the idea of fuck you, everyone else. We're truth tellers. Everyone else is against us. And by the way, if you're a Fox News viewer, you wouldn't know any of this anyway. They would never cover this. I know why Dominion would settle. They got a ton of money. Why why would Fox News settle now instead of earlier? And if they're going to go this far, why not go all the way? So Dominion not only gets a bunch of money, but it gets it and doesn't have to wait several years on appeal and doesn't have to sort of brace for the fact that the appellate court might well reduce how much they get. Yep. So, you know, might as well take that. They money. get the money clean. Great. They get the money clean. Fox also was forced, however stingy, however grudging, was forced to acknowledge the falsity of those claims and that it was the court's rulings. So it's an official government authority has ruled on this and found mm-hmm. it false. It also found it defamatory. Fox doesn't go into that. Okay. Why would Fox settle? Fox much more than Dominion wanted to settle. And Fox had been frustrated, and and I had talked to sources expressing frustration that Dominion wasn't coming to the table. But you really have these two inflection points where you have the most leverage. 
to get a settlement you want as as Dominion. One is right before the trial starts, and the other is right before the jury reaches a verdict. You know, if you think about the Seth Rich case, which involved uh, the family of this uh, murdered Democratic National Committee staffer in uh, summer of 2016, uh, who was, you know, had he still been alive, he would have been defamed and libeled by people on Fox saying that he leaked thousands of emails from the Democratic Party and to help sink Hillary. Really, really brutal, nasty stuff. Terrible. The family sues Fox. They settled the day before Sean Hannity, Lou Dobbs are supposed to be deposed Mm -hmm. for what they say on the air. So you're doing it to try to cut off and cauterize anything that could get worse. In this case, the prospect of Rupert Murdoch on the stand, not knowing what he's going to say, not knowing what he may reveal, not knowing if he's going to say, you're goddamn right, I ordered the code red. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the great this fear. Is, this is a guy who who he used to be a great earnings call person because he would say whatever he wanted, which pretty much doesn't happen on an earnings call. And that was when he was in his 70s. Now he's in right. his 90s. Right. So, you know, he's pretty intemperate and not used to being corralled mm-hmm. by those who, who try to manage him. You also, you know, would have had a parade of stars going into the witness stand to testify under oath in the face of pretty pointed questioning by extremely capable jurists. And so you would have had Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Sean Hannity said under oath in his deposition, I didn't believe these claims for a minute. But even Rupert Murdoch said that Hannity endorsed didn't didn't just allow to be spoken, but endorsed uh, these uh, these wild claims. But just to push back, you're talking about reality that many of us would see in a in a courtroom and see the we'd see the clips and we'd talk about the reporting. You'd be on to talk about it. And there's a whole other reality that's a large chunk of the American population, the Fox News uh, world, which wouldn't know about this at all. Right. And let's be clear: some Fox folks would have found out about it, but. One of the brilliant elements of Fox is that it's inoculated its audiences against worrying about it or taking it seriously because it said you can't trust what the mainstream media say about you, what they say about Trump and what they say about us. And therefore, you know, they're discounting it. All that's true. But nonetheless, they need their advertisers. They need uh, if they are stripped of all credibility, it's harder for them to negotiate their carriage deals. If they're stripped of all credibility, it's harder for their advertisers to say, yes, there are crazy claims made. But look, there's all kinds of, you know, there's Neil Cavuto and John Roberts and Shannon Bream and all kinds of respected journalists that we're associating our, our advertising with as so well. So even in and, Murdoch world, there would be vulnerability for them. Yeah, but additional vulnerability. Here's another layer of additional vulnerability. I was talking about this with a buddy of mine uh, before you and I connected on on this call. There's been an astonishing array of not just embarrassing, but fairly damning revelations about the extent to which uh, taking care with uh, with journalism, fulfilling some sort of fact-driven mandate is not a priority at Fox. Mm -hmm even about the most important issues. Yeah. And those that may be obvious to people who disdain Fox, but it is just, to me, what's more interesting is refle- seeing things reflected in people's own words in real time. Yeah. And while I'll stipulate any institution, you know, having the, the hood of the car lifted and seeing underneath all of it would be deeply embarrassed by that, this is about a specific crisis that is very revealing. But despite all those revelations, despite all of the transcripts, despite the emails and texts and undoubtedly slacks or other group chats, whatever, a ton of stuff was redacted and blacked out. And NPR and the New York Times joined to try to force those things to be flushed in the light of day. Well, 
if you see all the stuff that is as embarrassing as what we've seen, including, for example, the chief executive of Fox News saying that the reporters debunking these election lies were harming the, yeah. the network's brand. What's under the redactions is even more embarrassing. And the vast majority of it is very unlikely to be secret sauce stuff that can't be seen in public. It's just going to be embarrassing. The judge made clear he thought they were wildly over-redacting, withholding things. That stuff would likely be pulled out into the light of day to form the basis of certain kinds of questions that they would ask key Fox people. So I actually think there's a lot of more embarrassing stuff that's been sunk by this, that's been kept hidden and submerged by this settlement that Fox desperately wanted to keep out of the light of day. So if you're going to pay right before the jury verdict anyway, if you know you're going to lose the case, you might as well not let that stuff get out there. You might as well keep Tucker Carlson, who will talk all day long if he gets the chance off the witness stand. You might keep the real life Logan Roy from, you know, snarling at jurors and forcing the uh, the price up like this is a thing. No, Murdoch actually is pretty good at mumbling and being yeah. and whatever, too. But that's my thinking. on You it. have semi convinced me. Now I have to go back and, and change my my public my blog. But only but only semi only semi. You said they're likely to have lost this. Fox is likely to have lost this. And it is very hard to lose a libel case in the U.S. The law, thankfully, is stacked in favor of the media to go ahead and make mistakes. Fox had a bunch of defenses. It's the consensus seemed to be, boy, this is about as uh, slam dunk a case as there is. You rarely have the people who you're accusing of libel and defamation basically saying in print, let's do some libel and defamation <laughs> and let's keep going. I did hear murmurings from various people, and I'm sure you talked to them, said this this could you should you should you should not be gleeful about this if you hate Fox and you like the press, because this could be an unpleasant precedent for the rest of the media. I want to close out with this. How, how would that play out? Should should people who are in the media, who like the media, who like the First Amendment, be worried about the prospect of Fox losing the Dominion case or the Smart Tech case coming up? So I did a pretty deep dive on that question a few weeks back, and there was widespread consensus among media lawyers and First Amendment lawyers and, and media corporate lawyers that this case was unusually rich evidentiary basis, which is to say they had the goods. And, you know, you don't know what 12 men and women are going to decide on a jury, but that uh, very- This is the best very, possible case you could make. If you're going against if you're going against Fox or a media company, you can't get better, more concrete, and just more volume of evidence that people knew that what they were putting on the air was both harmful and wrong, and they did it anyway to chase viewers. Like, you almost never- People assert motives in these cases, right, Peter? But they never actually have proof of what the motive is. They say, well, it's just because you're biased. or yeah, you don't you usually this, spell or, out, let's do the crime. And, and, and here's why, right? So they don't say that. So uh, there was unanimity on that. There was a split on the question of were Fox to be found liable or culpable here? Does that damage the greater media? And there were two ways in which there was the possibility that it damages the greater media. One is it just shows that the media is actually less indestructible uh, than we thought and would only encourage other suits and provide the basis for you know, other legal challenges to come. And there's been a huge spike, as you know. We talked about years. this the last time you were on. There was yeah. the Sarah Palin versus the New York Times case. And, and, uh, the and possibility that it's going to, and a Supreme Court that seems at least in part eager to discuss 
libel protection. Right. And that's the second half of that equation. It's just that, you know, by uh, that had Fox lost, it was almost certainly going to. They had some of the best appellate lawyers already on staff and the best Supreme Court appellate lawyers, Paul Clement, Evelyn Murphy, already on staff uh, to prepare that to go all the way up. And they were looking to get, you know, on a court that's six to three conservative, you know, it's it's not it's impossible to overlook that ideological component. Mm-hmm. I will say that, uh, you know, there are members of the Supreme Court who, as you're pointing out, would be happy to revisit those protections and make it easier for for basically plaintiffs to win. And that would have been a real problem in a boomerang for the rest of the media. One of the things a few of the media lawyers said to me was, look, if Dominion can't win, then we have standards where it's almost impossible to hold media outlets responsible. And then this regime doesn't work. And therefore, we're going to lose on both parties. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose support for the uh, the both First Amendment principles, but also the case laws. It's in the 1964 uh, Times v. Sullivan that gives this sort of high bar of protection. And therefore, they were worried about that. By settling, Fox sort of removed it from the courthouse. And so there is no precedent here other than there's clear financial hit if you're willing to go this far. If there, you know, if this wasn't a case in which there could be some culpability for Fox in one form or another, People said there may be none under this regime and we're going to lose these protections. So they were kind of like it was messing with your mind. But the Fox made the case, and I thought very articulately and eloquently at times, that this could hurt all of media uh, because it could erode the protections that we expect to report on things that people are saying. But the judge said it's all well and good to report on things that newsworthy people like a sitting president say. But the facts in front of me show that you guys did a lot more than that, and you did it on a sustained level, and you did it in a way that doesn't stretch but but shatters uh, credibility and credulity. And that's where he left us. It was, a, I think, in part, the very uh, sort of fact-driven uh, approach that this judge tried to embrace helped to propel these two parties to settlement even beyond their own financial interests. We mentioned Smartech, another voting machine. Smartmatic. Smartmatic, thank you. Has a very similar suit, basically the same arguments. Any reason to think that will play out differently now that Fox has said, well, we'll we'll pay? Well, I will give you hot off the press uh, the new uh, statement that was made by Fox News. I'm just pulling it up right now on this very subject. I think I saw it on Twitter. And I think well, I there's responded. one on Twitter, okay. but I think there's a new one now. All right. Uh, because the one on Twitter was the same as the one they had been giving. Right, which is uh, we're not going to settle. We're going we're gonna to vindicate ourselves. Well, but they used the very same language that they had used in, in the Dominion and, and didn't go so well. So here's a new statement. It says, we'll be ready to defend this case surrounding extremely newsworthy events when it goes to trial, likely in 2025. As a report prepared by our financial expert shows, Smartmatic's damages claims are implausible, disconnected from reality, and on its face intended to chill First Amendment freedoms. So they're, again, grounding their defense essentially in First Amendment principles and appeal to that. And they are saying Smartmatic can't claim that they need the $2.7 billion that they're asking for and all of that. The log- let, Let's just shorten this considerably, you know. I thought it was likely but not certain over the weekend that we'd get to a settlement. Here we are. I think it's almost dead certainty that we'll have a settlement here. Fox has shown it wants this to go away. 
I don't see anything in the Smartmatic case that makes me believe otherwise. There'll be a slightly different fact pattern. Smartmatic had zero to do with this election other than in Los Angeles County. So there's no way any conversation about its ability to throw votes has any meaning whatsoever in a particularly in a one jurisdiction that would have gone three to two Biden anyhow. Like this just got to be paid out and made to go away. And I think you're going to see that for shareholder suits that are going to come. And they'll probably want to just deal with the Abby Grossberg lawsuit as well. She was a producer who, uh, for Rhea Bartiromo, then Tucker Carlson, she alleged that Fox's lawyers basically pressured her to lie. I have a real hard time uh, ginning up any sympathy uh, for anyone in Fox who works at Fox in 2020, 21, 22, 23, who claims, hey, they, they asked me to do bad things in journalism. Like you just... Uh, but that's a separate conversation. Let's that's let's, let's come Here's back the thing. to that. She seems to at least have had some belief in. Certainly, Bartiromo seems to ha- who she worked for seemed to have some belief in the stuff they were peddling, which makes her a, a interesting and more complicated figure. Grossberg may as well, which makes it also additionally complicated. But what a court would take askance is the idea that the lawyers were pressuring her to lie in court, unless she has tapes of that, that's going to be a very tough thing to prove. David Falcon Fox wants it all to go away. I think that you enjoy coming and podcasting with me because NPR makes you speak in in short bites and here you can can really let it all out. This is the kind Peter Kafka-esque way of saying you talk too long, folk and flick. You're taking up too much time. I'm I'm delighted you came on. Um, Go get some rest. Um, We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Be good. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to David Falkenflick, who is doing a lot of work these days, and I'm very grateful that he could spend a few minutes talking to us. This is Recode Media. We'll see you tomorrow, because that's when our regularly scheduled Recode Media comes out about the AI moment. See you soon.